AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel Season 9, episode 4 of Fighting Cop Podcast. I'm joined by Flamish Filth. Hello. And we've got Big John Bass. What up? Um, <laughs> uh, let's start with a fact. All right, BBC Sport. They reported Manchester City have conceded eight goals in their last 15 home matches. Five of those goals against Tottenham Hotspur. That's what we need to focus on here. Yeah. Is that Spurs are the only team, I think, in the last 16 to stop them from winning the game. Yeah. And it may be that we didn't deserve that. Certainly on Saturday, we absolutely didn't deserve anything from that game. But the facts are what they are. 
and you exactly. can't deny the truth when it's evident. Got to finish your chances at that level. Yeah. Yeah, if, exactly. <laughs> if you don't finish your chances, you don't win games. Exactly. And uh, we, we did finish our chances. Um, we, had, we had two. Yeah. And, and they both. You counting the cane? Yeah, I'm going to count that one because. <laughs> The computer's counted it, so that we have to. Yeah, that's all right, Um Yeah, so so like, t- talk me through your experience of watching that game, John. Like, wh- how did you, wh- you know, how did you process what you're seeing? Well, I'm like ever the optimist, so when I'm like seeing the stats popping up, going like ten attempts to one, and I'm looking at the score, and it's like one all. I'm sort of thinking, well, we're just clinical. That that's the positive to take out of this. We're doing fine. And then when we're kind of like under pressure, and it's constantly. Like them on the edge of my box, I'm kind of thinking, well, on the edge of your box. On the edge of where, that's what it felt like. Um, it, it kind of felt like, okay, well, this, there's obviously some like method to this madness. We've tried like pressing them, and that doesn't always work. And this time we're trying sitting deep and just hit them on the counter. To be fair to them, I think we didn't want to sit deep when we tried to play out, but they were so good <laughs> yeah. that it was almost impossible. Um, but you, what you mentioned there about you kind of being on the edge of your box, it did feel like there was kind of Lex, Lexington Steel mm. had his rod up against your arsehole and at any moment that he chose, yeah. he would just penetrate you. Yeah. And there's not much you could do about it. And that's what it felt like watching. It was pretty painful. If that was a boxing match, I'd probably be called off after an hour. <laughs> yeah. We were just, yeah. just getting pounded. And people say, why oh, can't we boot the ball out? I'm like, well, we're missing Vertonghen, missing Delhi, and missing Son and... What, what can you do? You got you got a, a, a midfield Dumbele who, under the circumstances, thought he had a decent game. Yeah, uh, got an assist for Lamella. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, Sissoko, who's been Sissoko, been a bit Sissoko again, but it's one of those games where yeah. you can't blame it all on him. It's just a really, really tough game. I mean, I put on this um, map in in the WhatsApp group yesterday. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this map? Yeah. And you like, so, knew forward what the map was. We were pinned in our half. Average position. Right. The furthest person forward is Kane. He was in the centre circle. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't profess to have tried to understand the, the, the tactical map that you posted. <laughs> and so you got quite animated yeah. with the fact that me and Ricky didn't really understand what but we I knew, were doing. Do you know what happened? I, knew, I did, I did, I didn't. Either one didn't look at it. <laughs> I kind of looked at it. Just thought, I'm not looking at it. I'm not bothered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was more about it. Because what they did, they colour-coded who had the most, which players had the highest XG and all that stuff. But... It showed the average position, and right. we were pinned. Yeah, we were pinned. The, the XG was uh, free, expected goals for Man City, yeah. and 0.22 for, for Tottenham Hotspur. 0.22. Love it. And what happens? Sometimes you've got to overachieve. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, like, stats on everything. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Like, 30, 30 attempts to three look, <laughs> looks bad. The only, <laughs> but granted, but the only stat that matters is 2-0. Well, yes. Well, the previous game... The previous game, it was a similar stat line against Aston Villa, and they said mm. we got out of jail. Mm. Yeah, and then on Saturday they're not saying, you know, yeah, not saying it the other way around. I think what it is is because the expectation around Tottenham from outside is much higher than the reality of when a team like Man City, with the depth that they have, with the money that they have, with the coaching and background stuff that they have there, they're always going to be have more control over the ball like, I, 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 expect, I expected us to perform better than we did like yeah. like the performance wise I thought that we would cause them more problems than we did we really didn't cause them any problems like on another game we wouldn't have scored those two goals um, but by the same token that when, when we when certainly the Lamella goal they were so poor in that instance and and when we you get an opportunity no matter how kind of unlikely it is you have to make them pay and Lamella made them pay by doing one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was so odd. 
He scored from 25 yards and yeah. there was a pass. Just <laughs> pass it to the corner. He's a player, he's a player as a shield. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved I it. I thought it got just allowed, like, like the second goal, because there's just no noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no one knew what, what was going on. It reminded me of the um, Kirikesh goal he scored against Fulham all those years ago. I was at the game and, and the ball goes in. I think it was um, AVB's penultimate game. Right. And um, and Kuka scores a volley from like 30 yards, inch off the ground, all the way to the corner. <laughs> and we're like, what? How, how's that? I don't know quite as good as It's like one of those on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Tongan dropped again. Didn't yes. it? That's uh, starting to get a little bit worrying because I, I, I was kind of playing it off last week as... You know, these things happen and, and Potter's got to kind of demonstrate him that he's authority over the squad no matter who it is. And I still admire that, but I really want them to make it up so that you can play against the <laughs> Newcastle and Arsenal. Is that if that's what's happening? There's definitely something going on, right? I think there's I think there's a fitness issue. You yeah. think? Yeah, I'm guessing that um this hasn't been as sharp. He's thirty two years old now, so you know, I guess there might be signs of decline. But then someone else pointed out, I don't know if it was on one of the groups here in or if there's an article mm. Um, Pep Guardiola managed um, Vincent Company towards the end of his time at, at, at Man City. So, coming into the season, he was, he was a lot fresher. So, maybe that's what's happening with um, Jan Vertonghen. Maybe yeah. he's just making them fresher for the games that really matter. I mean, he's probably said the game against Man City matters, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think it, they know so much now about like players being in the red zone and like being in peak physical condition. So, I definitely think there's that. And also, I think if there is like any kind of contract issues... I remember the start of last season, Toby was in a similar position yeah. mm. and he was on the bench for the first couple of games and it was Sanchez and Vertonghen. So may- maybe it's just a little bit of both. He's kind of using uh, fitness as a, a kind of an excuse to, to do that and also just demonstrating a little bit of power. What do you think of uh, Sanchez's performance overall? Because he's playing on the left-hand side of defence rather than the right. And it's usually Alvaro that plays on the left. And again, like, I was looking for the, the he, I was looking for him to... I noticed the things that he did poorly first because I've got this thing about him that he perhaps isn't good enough for Tottenham mm. but by and large I thought yeah he had a, had a very good game under really stressful circumstances I thought he was at, his position was poor for the Aguero goal and he, he got done very early on I can't remember who it was by might have been Bernardo Silva and, let, and, and you know better defenders than Sanchez have been done by him but those two kind of mistakes alone Besides, that he actually had a fairly decent game. Yeah, quite. I mean, I think the Aguero goal was a comedy of errors. Harry Winks, Danny Rose, Sanchez, mm. and any one of those three you could you could blame. Um, it was a difficult game. I thought he did okay. It's one of those things where he'll just get better the more he plays. Um, I mean, no one really talked about him as our record signing. Obviously, not now. Yeah, previously. but he was for for a season or two, and he's grown into the side and. I feel that it makes me feel a bit calmer about Batonga not playing the improvement in his performances. Yeah, I, I thought he actually played played well, and I, th- I think the thing about like football now, we like with all of us, particularly as the way like Spurs have become better over the last few years, is we become like hypercritical of every single performance. And the th- and the thing is, when you're playing against City and they had like 30 attempts on goal, mm. that means that a defender is going to make a mistake during that game. To allow space for them. And they are the sort of players that can pull you out of position, make you do stupid things that you wouldn't normally do under that kind of level of duress. So I, I felt that he actually played well. And I think he is better when he's like defending as opposed to when he's got time on the ball and he's asked to kind of come out of defence and make things happen. Mm. I thought he, I thought he did quite well, actually. Um, City were, were a machine, weren't they? Oh they, they, they were unbelievable. And on, based on that performance against a quality side as we are, it's, it's hard to see past them looking like they're going to kind of steamroll this. Well, they, I know it's just one game, but it was such a convincing <laughs> and like, powerful and 
all-consuming display that it's hard to sort of deny them anything. And well, so it should be in that position. Yeah. Well, it's mental because they, they made three subs and they brought on Mares, Jesus. Jesus and David Silva. Yeah. Like, that's their three options off the bench. And like, their starting was, lineups are absolutely ridiculous. I was, I was talking to my missus because my missus is like, really getting into football now and, you know, she kind of is, is getting her head around it. And I was talking to her about Man City and she knows that they've got loads of money and got loads of good players. But I was just explaining to her about the fact that they're bringing David Silva off the bench and he has been in probably the top three performances overall throughout the complete duration of his career, the last 10 years in, in the Premier League. And for them to just take him off the bench like that. And at the end, I think Oliver Skip come on at yep. the end for us. <laughs> yeah. So that's the difference in yeah. parity. And we're a normal football club. They're not. They're, they are something else. Did, was there any questions, though, did you have that because of the way they played and, and it's such a fluid and impressive and, and um, exciting and fu- a way of way of playing and, and full of movement that you, you kind of thought that why can't we replicate some of that it's difficult it's not work like that it's difficult because they've just got they've got better players in almost every position and City might not have the transfer record for the Premier League but they've got the most expensive four backs yeah, you know they they spent fifty odd million on Cancelo, and he's like, well, at this point, he's second choice. Yeah, um, can you play that way? You just got you got to cut your cloth accordingly. City are one of the best teams this country have ever seen. Um, yeah, I think they might be the best side I've, I've seen in my life. Yeah, it's, it's ridic- and then um, I mean, there's, there's lots of talk about them being funded by Allstead. I don't know if we're going to get to all that. Mm. But it's nice to watch, and they stopped Liverpool winning. So that, uh, there is there is that. <laughs> it's like Chelsea when they, when Mourinho first came. I thought they were going to win the league forever, mm. and then they stopped Arsenal winning stuff. So I think the, the way the way that the way that they stop, the way City's progression stops is if Pep Guardiola somehow gets yeah. bored and goes on to do another job. This is his joint longest period at any club, fourth fourth season, and I'm just hoping that he'll just fuck off. Yeah, because prior to that, they were like one season on, one season off. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you've got that chance when they're on that one season off. Now it's like three years in a row, potentially. It's a little bit like, just fuck off and go somewhere else. Well, the, I mean, it'll be, be funny, but it doesn't win the Champions League. Mm. I don't know, five, six years on the line, Vincent Company comes in halfway through a season <laughs> and wins the Champions League. A bit like Di Matteo mm. at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. You know, just jammy, the whole thing. Cole Walker-Peters, obviously the right-back situation, is one that's going to be intensely focused on throughout the season. And it's kind of like a gamble to see whether or not this kid can step up and, and, and maintain. I think that's the best we can expect. Is like maintain the level <coughs> and don't look out of your depth. And again, under high pressure, I thought he had uh, an acceptable game. Mm. I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he performed about as well as he could in difficult circumstances. Very difficult. Um, I mean, obviously, the first goal, you could blame it on him. I think positionally, I mean, as a Personally, he's a bit suspect, but one v one doesn't get done a lot, you know. And no. um, he played against Ryan Sterling, who's probably one of the best players in the world. And I thought he handled himself well. And as I said on the previous pod, I hope this game doesn't define his season or his time at Spurs. And I don't think he would. And yeah, I hope not. I mean, Foyth will be back in um, after the international break, and I hope that KWP continues to play. Well, that 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 ball in, and I know he got some criticism about his position for that ball in for Sterling's header, but it was. An incredible ball. It De Bruyne was, was incredible. Okay. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Yeah, and and, and uh, as soon as it was whipped in, almost impossible to defend against. Like he would have had to man to man with Sterling to avoid, and they're, they're comparable in their height. So it had to be man to man, and even then, it's almost like a 
50-50 about who's going to get their, their nut on that ball. But because of Sterling's movement and the the, the, the quality of the ball, it's, it's hard to criticise anyone for that. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought he, I thought he played really well. And the thing is, exactly like T said, it's it's not you shouldn't really judge these players on uh, games like City as long as they don't completely crumble to the point where it does define their career. And it's like, well, they can never play for us again, mm. which he didn't do that. So now it is going to be a test over the kind of the next four or five games that hopefully he does play actually what his real level is. Because my issue with him is been like he gets one game and then doesn't play for ten. Yeah. So now we're getting an actual opportunity to see what he's like. So Lucas Moore has been directly involved in five goals. That's five, four goals and one assist in his last five games in all competitions. And that's as many as he managed in his previous 20. Four goals and one assist in, in his last five is as good as anyone outside of Man City. Yeah. Um, so there is an argument about whether or not he should be starting games. Yeah, we had a raft of questions about it. but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the Champions League final is probably the most obvious one where he didn't start. I don't think it would have made a difference if he had started in that game, no. personally. But I like him. I like having him around. He's a useful player to have. He doesn't. His head doesn't drop. He d- didn't kick off over the Champions League final snub. I don't think he starts when everyone is fit, but he keeps people on their toes because he came off the bench and scored, and I suspect he'll get a few more important goals this season, so Son and Delhi can't rest on their laurels at all. Well, and, and as someone who steps up and, like you say, scores important goals, he, he, he never shies away. And you think, actually, the... Of the goals he scored in the last year or so, you know, you talk about Man United away, scored two there. He scored three, obviously, against Ajax. He scored um, he scored three against Huddersfield at the end of the season. But he's, he's popping up against quality opposition. And he doesn't shirk, he doesn't shy away. And while his goals and assists are important, I think his willingness to carry and run with the ball are as valuable, especially in games like that. Because when he came on, we did... When, when he got the ball, certainly he started to spring out a little bit. It wasn't successful the vast majority of the time, but it was it was, it was evident and the game changed somewhat when he did come on. But what I was thinking about him is that while it's clear that he has massive value to the squad and perhaps he doesn't start because he isn't as well-rounded as, as the others, 10 years ago he would have been our star player. Yes, and right now he's just—he's he, not just—he's an important part of a of a very talented squad. He's probably Ginola, in terms, mm. of, in terms of ability level. Yeah, mm. you know, some people like me say because Ginola was player of the year, but yeah, if but you put Ginola in our team now, he wouldn't start over Son. No, he wouldn't. Mm. Absolutely not. You're right. Uh, so you know, it doesn't don't worry about him starting because we've got quality across the midfield now. But know that when he plays, he he will have a positive impact. This is what and we wanted. Will... This is what we wanted. We wanted players like that to feel hard done by by not playing. This is a sign of how far we've come. He will start yeah. games. Anything to add, John? Yeah, well, just basically kind of what you boys have said, which is like beforehand when I was talking about City having those players come off the bench. We're now in a position where we've we've suddenly got competition for places, yeah. and it's not just like well they play in the same position, so if we need them off the bench, it's actually like a question of who's going to start now, and that's got to be a positive, right? George Kane on Facebook, he says, do you want to hate Sterling but actually really love him? I want you to answer this first. Me? Yes. I uh, <laughs> I just think he's a bit uppity. I'm joking. <laughs> I, 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 um, I think he's an incredible forward and one of the best in the league. And I don't have actually any, any ill feeling towards him at all. I don't feel anything, really. I, it doesn't conjure anything in me. I appreciate the, the journey he's been on and yeah. all the tabloid stuff. But really, I don't, I don't feel anything other than I can admire how good he is at football. Uh, I really like him. Uh, I think as a bloke, he's a really, really decent person. And I really like the fact that he is pushing the envelope with 
kind of racism in football and what, mm-hmm. he's, what he's trying to kind of spread awareness of that. And he's using his position to kind of push that conversation forward, which I think is really important. But as a footballer, like he is exactly like T, T said, he's actually genuinely one of the best players in the world, and he's English. Yeah. But like I think we should be like kind of proud of that. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't play for us in Liverpool, so that's that's yeah. always good. And he left Liverpool as well. Exactly. Great. Even, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like put him up a couple of points as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one of them. It's obviously when he plays against us, like you know, I want him to get snapped. Yeah. But um, aside from that, I really like the guy. Yeah. I, I love him. Ridiculous and I don't know if you saw his tweet <laughs> on Saturday after. No, I think it's talked about oh, you know, every time I see the VAR crowd, there's something about the GIF, yeah, saying you know about VAR, yeah, yeah. And then one of the fans says, oh, you know, hard like oh, don't worry, man, we'll, we'll get you next time. Just, just oh, a Spurs fan said, yeah, a Spurs fan said to him, you know, oh, hard like, fair play, yeah. He says, yeah, look, you know, good luck for the rest of the season, kind mm. of thing. Well, there you go. That's isn't that a, a kind of testament to what kind of character he is, and uh, yeah, and and what it is is beautiful is that as as kind of tabloid opinion really controls the way people think about players. He's through just being honest and and open and not being massively reactive, is managed to kind of turn full circle with with the help of other people jumping on board and realizing mm. how ridiculous it is. Yeah, but he he's really done a great job in in doing that. And you know, like anything that fucking shits on the tabloids a little bit is good yeah. good by me. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned VAR then, and we haven't actually talked about it's it. It's the yet. elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let let me let me let's. Let, let, when so let's go to about 86 minutes in the game right and and I'm guessing that your mindset was exactly the same as mine in that I was like I've got to 86 minutes surely we'll hold on the same feeling I had in the Champions League semi-final yeah we can do this we can hold on but I'm acutely aware that this could go all wrong as as well so we got, they got this corner it came over it fell to Jesus he got it, and you're like, and I was screaming no because you know, as somebody who watches football like we all do, and everyone listens to this, we knew that when it fell to him, there was a very, very high chance that that ball was going in the net, just because he had so much room, and uh, yeah, and it did, and it did, and and and, and it, it wasn't even that painful because in a way, I expected it. Yeah. And then, uh, actually, where, was you? Was that a fair way to describe how you felt? Yeah, I just saw, I saw the big gap to Hugo's left. Mm. I thought that's the only place he could put it. That's exactly where you put it off. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But in, in a way, you're kind of thinking, they, if you're not watching this from with, with Spurs glasses on, they you know, they deserve the win. Yeah. So that made it even more beautiful. <laughs> when, when After about a minute, the, the ref, he didn't actually even... It, it was weird. He was, like, he was just holding his hand to his ear. He didn't even really gesture. And then it just came up on the screen. Oh, after, that, after every goal, they do VAR. They check everything. Yeah. Right. And then it just got chalked off. And then you're like, <laughs> we have got out of jail fucking in a crazy way. I just way. laughed like a maniac. I yeah. didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I felt like that, that, what was probably a minute, felt like about 25 minutes of the loving for like, oh, look at Guardiola and Aguero. Yeah, he's yeah, hugging yeah. him to say sorry. That felt like ages. Yeah. And I was like, I was like shouting at the TV. And, going and, and Jesus's little kind of really, yeah. really smug celebration. Which wound me up, really wound me up. But in hindsight, how much better did that make it? it m- m- everything. <laughs> so you had the whole narrative around Aguero script, like having a, yeah. a, having a Barney with Guardiola, uh, and then them doing, oh, it's okay because we won and we'll make up. Oh, I'm really sorry. Mm. And then the minute it went in, uh, sorry, the minute it got chalked off, it's like fuck, like everything shit again. And and obviously the poetry of the fact that it happened. It's before. such a fucking leveler though. 
you could bring your £60 million players off the bench, mm. but if you're going to handball it in our area, son, yeah. mate, yeah. get chalked off. Stop punching the ball in the area, you mugs. <laughs> so, so, like, if, just take, if you can, take the bias away from it. Yeah. What do you think about the, 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 the decision to, to rule that goal off? If it had happened to Tottenham, what would you think? The rules—it's it's the rules, man. I mean, I'd be gutted. <laughs> I'd be gutted, but it's the rules, isn't it? I, I know it's easy for me to say that now, but mm. it's the rules. As per, I mean, Guardiola was protesting the Urante goal last season, and yeah. that would have been chalked off. Yeah, but the, the handball and it's, it's, it's a rule he asked for, and um, yeah. the, everyone agreed to the rules. The managers, the players, all agreed to the rules. And um, if the goal had stood, I saw the handball. I'd be like. Oh. Yeah, I'd be, like, I'd be a bit. I'd be like, whatever. They'd have given the goal. Yes. So that's the irony of it all. Yeah. But if it, if it happened against Spurs, I'd just have to sort of take it on the chin. It's just it's not going away. I know it's a bit defeatist. I mean, well, it's almost sitting on the fence. Almost. We'll talk. We'll talk about the VAR generally in a second. But yeah. like, where, where are you at? I am still stuck in between. Like, I, I not, kind not of generally what you, about that goal specifically. About that goal specifically, it was fucking great. They got chalked off, and right. I loved every minute of it. And like I said, that that. It's like a roller coaster. Like the the like the crank on the way up, where you're like shitting yourself, yeah. is amazing, and you're like, oh, this is like this is so horrible. Like, what am I doing? And then when you're like plummeting down, yeah. that that rush you get is just amazing. So it wouldn't be amazing without that like upward struggle. Mm. So that was what it was like when I was seeing like Guardiola and Aguero's loving and Jesus giving it absolute beans. And then when you just see the despair on their face when they realise not only have they not got like the win in this game, yeah. it's happened again and yeah. it's against us again. Well, identical. And then our fans like piping up like VAR, my lord, and all this shit is fucking great. I wonder if they're going to celebrate their next goal. They're going to hold a huddle around the referee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be quite funny. They're like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> that, that would be a great idea actually. <laughs> um, so, so there were some people online were saying that. the the handball should have definitely been given because it changed the flight of the ball. Yes. That, that it, it essentially allowed it to drop directly to Jesus so where, where he, he's able to finish. And if it hadn't his hand, then we might have been able to clear. Like, that makes sense to me, even though I, I, don't, I really don't like VAR and I don't like what it's, what it's doing to the game. So where are you at now? The rules are clear about, well, sort of clear, about what VAR is and how it's going to impact our game. I don't think that's the VAR's fault. It's the rule changes. Every season they change rules. Yeah. The VAR just ups, upholds it. True. That's no. true. That's um, true. That's all it but is. But then I would and say they're, these they're, rules are in place because VAR's there and they can spot it. Partly, I suppose. I mean, as I said, Pep had a go at him about that rule. and he, After Lorente. Yeah, and he got the rule change. Um, the body's done an article today about VAR on the Flat and Cock website. They did. And you know, you've got referees who are in the mid-40s. Not half as fit as a player, they can't keep up with the game, mm. so they need all the help they can get. Yeah. Um, the celebration of the goals is probably the biggest bugbear, and, you know, the fighting cock are split <laughs> over it, to be I fair. I think all, everyone um, is, though, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's some people who feel very strongly, and. I think the, the, cool, the cooler elements of the fighting <laughs> cock don't want it. <laughs> okay, that's fair to say. It's Queen V, the Beatles all over again. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I think there is some elements of the game that will die, but then. It's it, it, yeah drama on the other side too because the drama of the delay and them not and them like not able to celebrate anymore was just mm. as much fun. Yeah, I don't I think so. I don't think it's going away. So I've just got, I've just got to eat shit and deal with it. No, I saw an article in the Standard and they were talking about the fact that it would take ten years for everybody to fully appreciate and understand what VAR is doing. Yeah, and for us to accept that this is just a part of how how football is now. Mm. 
Where are you at with it? John well, the thing, the thing is, is like from a kind of fan point of view, when you're in the ground, the, the best thing in football is when you score a goal and that feeling of celebrating Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And pretty much, I mean, there are the odd occasion when like you don't see the like linesman flag, or um, there have been like games where things have been so obviously like wrong and they've managed to turn it around with like fourth officials and stuff. But we're talking like a handful of times has happened. Yeah. So when you're celebrating, you you are just releasing that joy, and it's just it's the best feeling ever. And I do feel that that is being tainted a little bit with yeah. with the introduction. But aside from that. It is, like T said, it's the rules at the moment that are the issue with VAR, not VAR, because it's just getting the letter of the law enforced. Yeah. And I think that's a positive thing, because we've all like seen goals that we've been done for, and you're like, that's just not right. I just think that it's like, yeah, let's make the rules a little bit more lenient. Yeah, the rules just need to be more realistic in line with what everyone accepts. Like, like handball, the handball rules are ridiculous. Like, it should really be... Like if you're basically handballing it, put, hitting the ball with your hand. I don't agree with that. I, I think that the the handballs to Danny Rose, the the is it Artemendi, who no report, his handball and Sissoko's ones. I think where the player has no option, has no kind of movement of his hand, and it's and 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 hasn't influenced the the play by changing the direction of his hand. Or his hands aren't above his head in a weird yeah. position, right? Then that I think that's really unfair. Yeah. Danny Rose penalty against City was unfair, yeah. and I thought the obviously the Soko one was a joke in my opinion, yeah. and I thought the City one was a joke as well. So as long as someone is 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 moving in a natural way, i.e., Danny Rose when he tried to block that ball, as he moves, his hands are going to be out there. They're not like out, so he's trying to block it. It was just a natural way to to move and shape themselves as a defender. That should never be considered a penalty. But, you know, I think if someone benefits massively from a, a foul play or a or benefits from something that isn't based on skill, then, um, then yeah, it's a good thing that VAR's there. Because then you'd be able to, more or less, from the stands, see that something like that has yeah. happened and suspect that this, this might be pulled back. There was no chance that the City fans would have ever seen it. No one saw it, apart no. from the, the, the guys who watched it back. One of the referees saw it, though. The referees saw it. And, and then, then he scores, and then he well, realises and talks a goal off. Well, referee, if referee sees it and talks a goal off within seconds, then it's not an issue. But what I do feel like... I, I think that when people talk about being denied that moment of celebration and people reserving that explosion of joy and ecstasy that then they get kind of dismissed as Luddites. I think that's really unfair. And, uh, you know, because it's kind of what a body's at, isn't it? <laughs> I like the word he used. Yeah, like, it is that, though, isn't it? Like, gammons love Luddites. Like, anyone, anyone who hates the AR also hates black people. It's kind of like, that's that's what I feel like I'm being lumped in with. When all I, all I want is if I score... I want my game back. All I want is, all I want is if, if, if we score against Arsenal and it's a corner and there's lots going on in the box, when that ball goes in... As long as something massive hasn't happened, I can celebrate with full vigour. I, I, I would hate it if we, we scored against Arsenal and there's like a semi-muted celebration because we think there might be a case of the IR pulling it back. That And if they can engineer the rules so that we can maintain the match day experience mm. and make sure that football's being run correctly, then that's the medium. I don't think they care about the fans in the ground no, anymore. No, of course I don't. And VAR is targeted towards a TV audience more and I guess it adds a bit of drama for the TV orders, but inside the ground, 
I mean, I'd, if I was a Man City fan, I'd be celebrating that goal of Gusto. And if we score yeah. against Arsenal in a couple of weeks, I'll still celebrate. i still celebrate Gusto. I mean, if, if they say ah, I'd be like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the VAR supports or helps bigger teams or, or smaller teams? No, it helps, I think it levels up the playing field. It does, doesn't it? Because there's going to be more opportunities for. Yeah, because Man City would be winning in the league with handballs. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's what used to happen in years gone by Man United getting away with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, where are we at? Yeah, do you think that this will be a, a new uh, grudge match? Because there's a lot of ill feeling out of the game. And and um, at, at half time, I, I had a conversation with Kieran, a, a lad called Kieran, who uh, went to the game and experienced some of the hostilities that happened after. And you know, we talked a little bit about that. So that's what you'd be hearing at half time. But do you think there is a kind of there is a rivalry growing between Tottenham and Man City? Yeah, I think there will be. I'd rather have but a shit arrival. <laughs> well, I think we're kind of. I think even the you know more hard teams are being a bit you know. Well, uh, there's a word I'd ever use, but I can't use the word. But you know, a bit softy. You know what I mean? Like right. even Chelsea and West Ham aren't as you know yeah. hardcore as they used to be. Um, I think it will be a bit of a grudge match, but in but um, I don't know what it would be like off the pitch. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. Well, the most important thing is that we went up there despite not deserving it, and we didn't lose. Yeah. There's two games that we could have lost. We're in positions during that game we could have lost. And again, showed the spirit to come back from 1-0 down. I mean, if we go 1-0 down the game now, I generally don't have any fear that, it, that, that it's over. It would be absolutely lovely to go 1-0 up, 2-0 up and just control the game. Instead of fucking, what was it, 37 times from losing positions at half-time, Spurs have gone on to win. But then to not lose against City was an, an amazing thing. It's nuts. That's but amazing, yeah. we've got away with the hardest, most difficult fixture, probably along with Liverpool, but I would say... Etihad's a much harder place to go to now. Certainly based on our, posi- our performances last year at Anfield. Um, we got away without losing, somehow. And that's massive. It could be a massive point. Yeah. yeah when definitely. the season's finished, that'll be a... Huge. Hopefully it doesn't deny Man City the league, because if they don't win it, then it means another we, team wins it. Imagine if we won it. Oh, man. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, where's the VAR gammons now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, Newcastle, yeah. So uh, yeah, Son's Son's back. It doesn't go straight to the team. Though. He'll be on the bench, right? Yeah. Why not? Just because Lace- I'd, I'd imagine Lacelso starts, but he probably might start in midfield ahead of Winks. What Lacelso and Son on, man? Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, surely Lucas Moura deserves a run out. <laughs> I think Newcastle is a bit of a free hit. I mean, not doing that well so far this season. Um, Got to beat them. They're garbage. Just, just put put the new boys in. You know, I'd love to see it. Oh, and yeah, I mean, I think it's this again. It goes into what we were talking about earlier, which is how nice is it to be like we can't really decide who's going to play because we've yes. got so many nice options. Yeah. So I'd be buzzing if Sun's starting, and I'll be buzzing if Lacelso starting. And the thing is, if more starting, like, it's, it's fine now, John. Like, it's fine because there aren't that many games being played. Yeah, there's an international break coming soon. Yes, you know, it, it isn't this period in the season where we need to utilize our squad, hmm. but in October, <clears throat> September, October, and then around Christmas. We should, and our, and our actual, if you look at our fixture list and, uh, and what we should be beating, it's quite kind up to Christmas, mm. more or less. And to be able to utilise a squad to really have a fresh set of legs against every single team that we play against, it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, it's also a challenge though, because like Pochettino last year, basically a side kind of picked itself. Mm. Now it's like another test of like how he's going to rotate that and keep those players in form, because you, like, you can rotate players out of form. 
And uh, he needs to like really think about how he does that because certain players are better just getting a consistent run. Some players can just come in and perform. So it'd be really nice interesting if he, if he doesn't play a diamond against Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> just just like let's be a little bit more expansive. Yeah, I get the diamonds kind of work for us, and it's been a kind of pragmatic success. But I think everyone associates with us kind of the diamond with kind of needs must plodding over the line and mm. managing every game. Whereas if he goes like four three three balls out against Newcastle. And we beat him by five or six. That that's that's a massive statement. I can yeah. agree with that. Yes, yeah, um, we've not beaten them in Tottenham for ages. What Newcastle? I just kind of thought about it. Yeah, it's uh, been a while. Yeah. We've been at Wembley, but that doesn't count. But beating them in Tottenham. The last time we played was the we lost two one, didn't we? It was Alan Pardew. Is that? It might have been that or the. There's so many games they've lost against the Perez. Yeah. The Perez were one. Well, actually, we were, oh yeah, they were relegated that last season. We was at the old stadium, innit? Yeah. And yeah. They, they smashed us fight. We've had a pretty bad record against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. That, Perez, um, Remy. No, yeah, we played them twice the first two games of the season and beat them both times as well. Though, so yeah, that's a way. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if Pochettino with our squad, uh, kind of the money we've spent, transfer records being broken, can't find a way of beating a demoralised team run by Steve Bruce then he needs to leave yeah I agree <laughs> he should resign on Monday if we don't yeah. put VAR in charge for the end of the season <laughs> I think we'll be fine uh, yeah so I'm looking forward to the game I'm going I've got uh, I've got tickets and uh, there's been a few tickets flying around mm. my missus as I said earlier has got like really into football and uh, she's the first time at the new stadium Lovely. so are you going Gilbert? I'll be there boy You'll I'll be, be there be, it's, yeah, it's Bank Holiday Sunday though isn't it Yes. Is it Bank Holiday oh. weekend? Oh, shit. So is, is the, the next weekend, is that the Bank Holiday, August Bank Holiday? Yes. Fuck, I thought it was the, the week after. It was no. my birthday weekend. No. All right, fine. September come. the 1st is a Sunday. All right, good. Um, so, yeah, so we, you're up? Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, and we're um, we going to meet the 30%. Yeah, yeah. I can show I can show my missus that I'm like like, like cool. a, a big deal. You mean you mean you mean uh, fucking got fanboys? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> now you've seen the real tea. Yeah, the real tea. really like. So we thought you went out with the thirty percent, didn't you? Mate, they're, they're absolute quality. I think it's after the God. Villa game. Yeah, yeah. I went to the blue coats and. Um, wouldn't let me buy a drink and oh, I stumbled home. No, they're, they're an amazing bunch. Yeah. The fight, the fight com, fighting cop 30% are essentially paid up members of our Patreon. If you want to join uh, the fighting cop Patreon, you can. It's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash the fighting cop. Yeah. And behind that paywall are is a number of things. There's a bonus podcast, there's the No Holes Bar podcast, yep. there are uh, previews of every game that we play with opposition fans. And there's access to the Telegram group, and the pins are in production. <laughs> hey. I'm getting a sample back in two weeks. It's like Dr. Dre's detox album. Yes, he's happening. It's, it's a fucking nightmare, but it is happening. And um, and also there is the uh, Yids versus Kids oh. FIFA. Uh, what do you call it? Well, it was me and you going co-op sessions. Co-op sessions where we smash up kids on FIFA. Fucking smash up little brats. Yeah, uh, we were really good at this, me and John. And then um, we decided to get our mate uh, Charlie. Uh, he's our film guy uh, to, to record this as we smash up more kids yeah. but as it turned out it didn't quite work out yeah we, we basically bottled it on the big stage massively yeah. massively like yeah. if we were on our own like we're like ridiculous like pretty much the best I in Europe we could definitely. probably carve a career out yeah, yeah but, but the camera's got to us yeah absolutely so if yeah. you want to know how our experiences of playing these kids in front of a camera 
uh, went, then uh, you have to pay money. <laughs> Uh, and uh, by and large, obviously, the most important thing through this Patreon thing is that uh, it's, uh, like, it enables me to work on the fighting cop full time. That's something I'll be in like forever humbled by. It's a lovely, lovely thing. Um, yes, so obviously going to beat Newcastle. And if we don't, then that's all jacket win. Yeah, yeah, turn it in. Uh, okay, so what you're about to hear now is a conversation I had with Kieran Lalabu, who went to the City away game and talked a bit about the game and what it was like to experience it. You know, in, in, live in the flesh, but also what happened after outside the Etihad. Talk. All right, Kieran, how you doing, mate? Not too bad. How are you? Very well. Thanks for joining us on the Flying Clock. You uh, you set off at eight o'clock towards Manchester yesterday morning as we record. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got up at eight and then left about half nine ish. Yeah. And what time did you get home? Uh, two in the morning. So, what well, you feeling a little bit hungover and uh, a bit sensitive today? <sighs> tired, tired more than anything. It was it, it was a stressful game. To be honest, yeah. So um, from from a perspective yeah. of being at home watching it, it was stressful enough. But mm. being in the ground, it's a different kind of stress, a different kind of experience. Can you kind of summarise what it was like being there and going through that? The thing is that you, you turn up to the Etihad, you kind of expect, uh, you know, we're probably going to get a drum in here, but we've shown we can get a result. And uh, you know, they get their first goal, thinking, "Oh, here we go again," mm. and we get one back. But you know, the the problem with City is you. They're probably one of the only teams where you can score against them at home and they just come back even better. You know, many, many teams will just sort of fold. You know, you get two goals against them, that's it. They won't, that's, that should be, you know, you're happy, they'll be happy with the draw or whatever. Mm. But as soon as, you know, they scored again, Lucas Moura comes on, we get a goal. What minute, what minute was it around? Like 55, was it? Do you know what? Yeah, it was, I think it was like, I remember looking at the clock and it was like, where is it, 60 and it was 2 all and thinking, shit, there's so much football to yeah. play. And at that point, at like 60, you're thinking, they'll probably get another. Yeah. We, we, we might get another one back after, but what are the odds of us holding City when they're obviously going to be going for a win? It's the first home game of the season. They want a, probably a bit of revenge for Champions League. Um, Liverpool won earlier in the day, so they're thinking about that. I'm thinking 30 minutes. Yeah. So what, so Kieran, what let, let, let me ask you, though, because like being in the ground and, yeah. you know, because on telly, you can see like the gaps, you can see the formation we're playing, you're seeing the way City are passing the ball around. But when you're at the game, I've found that you, you just you, there's a it's harder to see the kind of tactical element of it, Definitely. and you're kind of living yeah. it emotionally. Um, yeah. what, what was the mood like in the away end? There's the kind of wave um, after wave of City. It was, it was it was bad, but we we were almost like cheering on things which. You know, as like a top four team, you don't really want to be cheering on. You know, just hoofing it out, and you know, everyone's like, "Come on, that's brilliant! Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> Which is bad, but you know, it's the Man City away, you've got to sort of drop your standards for how you expect to play. Um, I don't know. People, people probably weren't. I, I know people around me weren't too happy just because you know we would make a good tackle. I think um, Sanchez in the second half made some really nice tackles on. Um, I think it was like Mares late in the game. Yeah. And then we'd try and get it down the wing or try and get it back into the middle. We'd probably lose it around the halfway line and then it would just all again. And we probably had about 20 minutes of just wave after wave of Man City attack. And yeah, I was just as you get closer to 90 minutes thinking, you know, fuck, we, we might actually get a point here. <laughs> the hope, the hope builds. And then when the hope builds, you're thinking this is going to be even worse when they do do it. It's mad how, how similar it was to the game last year in the Champions That's League. ridiculous. Isn't yeah. it? Because they it, were coming over and over again and, and you do get to kind of 82, 83 minutes and you're thinking, 
we could do this. Like, like we're acutely aware, <laughs> you know, just, just few, three or four months ago, we we're acutely aware of the, of the fact that though we are close, there is absolutely zero guarantee that this is actually going to work out for us. And then they score. And from, so from, 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 yeah. from our perspective, on, 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 have you seen it afterwards? Have you seen it on telly since? Um, I've, I've not had a chance to watch the end of match of the day. Right. I have seen like clips on Twitter of, uh, I was up really early this morning. I've only just got home, like, um, from what I was doing this morning. So, right. So, but you're, so, so I've you, seen, I've seen, I've seen like the last goal on Twitter. Like I've seen the goal and then the disallowed goal, right? They, yeah. Yeah. And right. then they, they disallow it. Like, so I've, yeah, I've seen inside it quickly, the stadium, yeah. obviously you can't tell anything, can you? No, no, it's down the other end, Jink. <laughs> so everyone, you just see, it's a typical Tottenham fumb around in the box. Yeah, just so many times you've seen it. <laughs> and 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 what 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 was the reaction like? Can you describe how did the city fans go mental? Was it almost like the how, how did they behave when when that third goal went in for them? It's 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 like this. To be honest, like every sort of like home like teams fans, you know, if they score a goal, they lean over the banisters, they're giving it all that, you know, fingers and swearing. But City, because we'd come back twice, and then you know they can tell we're going to be happy with a point. They know that, so when they get that goal. Every, everyone rushes towards the away end, you know, giving it all that. So, and a lot of our turning around, walking, walking out, because you know, I think 94 minute, that's it. Um, I sat down, people around me are just sitting there, you know, swearing, that's fucking, that's rubbish. What, you know, yeah. what you get in the ground. And um, everyone's pretty much accepted. I'm, I'm staring at the ref, just thinking, is there that slight chance where he, <laughs> you know, goes to the camera? So I'm sitting down, just looking at him, and they've finished celebrating, they've put the ball in the centre spot, and I'm like, it's not happening, is it? There's no chance. Because usually, you know, he, he tells him to stop and then he runs over and he's got his finger to his ear and he's standing there just uh, near the, near the centre spot. So you're thinking, okay, he's not letting us take it. Mm. And then he, and then that was it. He just done his thing, crossed it out and that was it. There was no, like, I need to go see a camera. No. Or... So what, what happened was, <laughs> on, uh, on, as we were watching on telly, it was a case of um, the goal had been given. As you say, the ball had been returned to the centre. And then yeah. it wasn't a case of him looking, or it just suddenly the score had changed back to two all, and it just said no goal. It yeah, worked. so he he done his hand signal to wave the goal off before the screens had even said um, no goal, checking goal. Yeah. So we're all going absolutely mental. They've all stopped celebrating to look at the screens, um, and then everyone's kind of stopped celebrating because it hasn't come up, and it says oh checking goal. So we think oh okay. Then it comes up no goal. We've gone absolutely mental. People that were walking out have turned around and running and jumping on people everyone's grabbing it was literally like a goal obviously yeah like, what what was what was that celebration like scoring uh it, it is but it's, it's more of like a you, people are like laughing like obviously when you score a goal you don't laugh like no. it's not a you're because you're just happy but when something like that happens in everyone's head they're thinking oh these you know they, they've all just gone absolutely mental celebrating us yeah and then everyone was thinking of the champions league night thinking how has this happened again like there's so many things going through your head yeah and so um, so we're we're you know celebrating wildly but this oh yeah yeah us. definitely yeah I, I mean obviously i can't see from the home end perspective but i, I expect the limbs were pretty good for a disallowed goal and so at what point what was the reaction from the man city fans at that point inside the stadium oh uh, anger Towards a lot of it. Towards Spurs fans. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, I'd say like fifty percent sort of just dejected and walking out. Yeah. Um, booing. You know, UEFA, <laughs> FA is doing this to us because you know what they're like. Yeah. Anything that goes against them, it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, and then you just had the other ones who were throwing stuff or like trying to get 
over the way, like the um, segregated bit. But the thing is, like when when you're the happy team in that moment, you're not in that sort of like, come on, let's have it, you know. Of course, yeah. Just dancing and like. Did you see any any anything kick off inside or outside of the stadium? Outside, yeah, yeah, outside a lot. Um, Go on, inside, outside. Um, so I don't know if, you, if you've obviously been. To... Sorry, maybe you, know, you cut you cut out. Then what is that? Uh, yeah, outside yeah, quite a bit. So oh, cool. it's, it's literally as soon as you leave the stands. Um, have you have you been to the Etihad? You know, like, I haven't. I went to the main oh. ro- main road, but not not to the Etihad. Okay, so um, the away section is obviously right next to the home section. Um, and you go down the stairs and the only thing separating you and the home fans is like a big metal meshed wall sort of thing. Yeah. So you can't throw anything solid through it, but they were like spitting through it. Um, spitting through like, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, I'd say probably like 18 to 20, 20 year old tried, tried spitting on me through it. Obviously, um, Dirty got bastard. caught on the mesh. Yeah, it was disgusting. There was a lot of spit actually, which I've, <laughs> I've not actually seen. I've not actually seen too much in a not not for Spurs games or anything like that. Not in in England, but yeah, there was a lot of spit and it was weird. Yeah, that's fucking. That's low low and it's spitting. That's like... oh yeah 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 yeah. So, I, like I've not seen it before like that. It was yeah, it was odd. So going through, um, you got fastest main. Was it then any more trouble with the police presence? Shh. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So um, the away fans come through like a big gate, and that gate is on it exits onto the main road where obviously all the city fans are going left and right. You know, they're going to their cars or coaches or whatever. Um, so we've all walked outside, and uh, there's basically like a big welcoming party. Not really doing much, but you know, a few plastic bottles thrown, swearing, getting closer. Police nowhere to be seen for like the first five, ten minutes of it. Mm. Um, I'd assume because they don't really get too many games where the home fans are upset. Yes. Um, so we've walked, yeah, we've walked outside and then there's a good, probably say like a hundred max. Uh, mostly, you know, you're like rowdy, rowdy, older teenagers, men, mm. probably feel a bit drunk. Um, and shoving, throwing stuff. Obviously our lot are quite happy. Uh, so it's not, it's not so much like everyone's, it's not Tottenham Arsenal, trying to scrap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From like the Tottenham perspective, it's just like we're we're all having a laugh because although we've drawn, it's funny, you know. Like we're we're still thinking, oh, this is exactly the same as the Champions League. You know yeah. how funny they all celebrate. Like we're having a good laugh. We're all dancing, giving them like you know hand. Um, but uh, yeah, you'd have like one police officer holding back like eight city vans. So I I don't really know if if they were gonna go at it like uh, you know if you see a hundred. I don't know, like proper Millwall fans, Leeds fans, you're thinking, oh, this could get a bit, yeah, bit dangerous. But with City, you know, it's obviously all in, all in uh, football kits, you know, home shirts and whatnot. For right. So it's not so much thinking, oh, this could be, get a bit dangerous, but it's a bit like, what, what's going to go on here? Are the police is going to push them back? Are they just going to walk off? But you did have, you did have a few of them like grabbing our lot, uh, like pushing them. So it's all handbags, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I have heard of um, you had uh, one woman getting um, getting punched. Yeah, yeah, in in the ground, and then um, I it's did not, see uh, not exactly hooligan behaviour though, is it? Like, like punch, no, no, punch that's what I mean. It, it was weird because um, like you could, I, I was, I wasn't going to get involved in it. It's not worth getting a football ban in order for a draw. Hmm. Um, 
you could walk straight past them. It was only like if you were shouting back at them, then they were giving it. But like it wasn't, uh, you know, fuck all these hands sort of. Let's start a riot with them. Can, can, was, I just, can I just ask one thing before we go? Is yeah, uh, sure. what, what kind of result is worth a football betting order? <laughs> Probably none, to be honest. As a, as a grown-up now, none. <laughs> what, not like a four-nil drubbing at Arsenal? Then I, I tell you what, if if we beat Arsenal in the Champions League final, yeah, that's I'd think, consider it. Yeah, because there's nothing less, le- nothing to lose, then, is it? We've completed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Completed football, yeah. so you might as well um, tag a few gooners on the way out. Yeah, you can frame the band order frame it with the match ticket <laughs> yeah it's perfect mate thank you so much for uh no worries, taking cheers. time out on the sunday and, and i know you're you know tired and hung over but I've, what a horrible and horrendous and intense experience to live through oh, oh, only for oh. all of the relief that's the thing though <laughs> isn't it? it's just a palpable relief out of 90 minutes yeah, of yeah. complete stress you, you don't appreciate that relief without going through the horrible stress that spurs puts you through in like that kind of situation exactly Kieran. thank it. you so much mate no worries all the best Thank you very much uh, for talking to us, Kieran. And no doubt we'll speak to other Spurs fans in away grounds throughout the season. Uh, news of articles. So you remember the rules about this, right? Please don't do it. What? It's fucking shit. What are you talking about? I didn't speak out last week, but don't do it. <laughs> you don't like it? No. What, so you're really nipping this in the bud? Yes. Oh. Don't do the clapping and... We're not, we're not in a fucking plane. Yeah. I don't mind the idea of like giving our view. Yeah. What a fucking you don't like it either. I mean, it's just a bit like pantomime, isn't we it? We don't like, clap yeah. on a podcast. What's the point of that? Yeah. I just think we say if it's bullshit or if um, it's credible. Do you know what? I'm, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. And clearly I am. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> I got a pelt as well. I thought, I don't, I don't even like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll, we'll leave that. We'll Sorry, put that in the bin. No, no, no. It's good. It's good to know. I'm, um, you know, I'm thick-skinned about this. I will cry myself to sleep, but... Um, so, so when I listened to that, I gave a little chuckle to myself. <laughs> it's funny. Fuck you lot. Anyway, uh, Soccer Link. Soccer Link. Never heard of them. Oh, for real. Reputable. All right. AC Milan have requested to sign Sir Jorier on an initial loan with an option to buy. The club want guarantees that the move will become permanent. Get him out of our club. Um, well, how do you feel about him leaving? I feel like there is a player in there that we could get something out of, although it's, there, this isn't the time to start fucking gambling and experimenting. That said, if he did leave, what what would we have left? We've got a foy who's not going to be around till whenever it is, November. Is, is it that long? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's long enough. And we've got Carl Walker-Peters who could get injured. Like, who plays there? Apparently, um, um, Eric Dyer has been playing fullback in training. So. Did you see Kieran Trippier uh, deliver that absolute missile for Morata to score the header? Cheeky yeah. assist, yeah. Beautiful. And you think, like... It was beautiful, and we've seen him do that so, so many times. It's easy to kind of just pick that part because we knew that part of his game was good anyway. Um, but when you think it's like he's Trippy is playing with is it Jao Felix? Yeah, that kid is special. Yeah. I saw uh, someone put a tweet on online saying, "Imagine Ronaldo and Messi died. Who would be? <laughs> who, who would be the? You sure you didn't write that tweet? I might. It might not have been Maybe it was just retired. I don't know. But the um, the. <laughs> Who, who's going to be the, the next superstar in football? Who would be replacing replacing them? And I think that kid is Mbappe. Mbappe, yeah. You know how I feel about Mbappe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that based on his ability on FIFA. Yeah, he's a cheat code on FIFA. Right. It's ridiculous. But the, this kid looks next level. But the, he kind of yeah. looks like Neymar did when when he was playing. For, is it Santos? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, good for Kieran Trippier. Yeah, good um, for yeah fair play. What about you? Any, any thoughts on Sergio? 
I just like for me, it's a case of uh, yeah. If you're looking at the squad, I do think we are a little bit thin on experience at right back, mm. and he has and he has had some good performances for us. My more concern than his form is his like injury record. Yeah, yeah. guy is injured a lot, and it's not just with us. He's like throughout his career, he's been played by injury. So that is a worry that you don't sell him in this window, and then he's just injured anyway. In which case, I'd, I would in that scenario I'd rather just get rid of him at this point. Because how old is he now? Twenty seven. About 26, 27. Yeah. yeah, so I kind of feel like if you've been that injured that often, like we've seen it happen with other players, better players, like it starts to take its toll more and more. So I probably would sell him and I'd be alright with it. We don't need three right backs. No. no. Uh, what would be an acceptable fee for him, do you think? About what we paid, is about mid 20s. That would be fine, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did Trippier go for in the end? 20. So we ain't getting 20. 20. We're getting about 15. This is not as good as Trippier. Um, do you expect us to go out and sign a right back in, in January, then? Like if that Atal was mooted? Possibly. Possibly. But I, I think there's a lot of talk about the January window. You know, might go back in for Dybala. You see the goal he scored? Oh, my God. No. What for you, mate? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, goal, mate. Really um, but nothing. Like, I don't expect much to happen in January unless someone gets injured. I don't think there'd be much happening in, in January, but I don't think we need three, three, four, three right backs at all. So a w- weird kind of conversation that Pochettino, okay, conversation press press conference that Pochettino gave the other the other day yesterday, I think it was, and he's called for the Premier League transfer window to remain open to the end of, uh, I think it's actually till September second in in Europe is when it closes. Obviously, at the moment we're in a situation where ours closed on the eve of the Premier League. Yeah. So the, now we're in a situation where players can still move from the club and obviously Real Madrid seem to be interested in Ericsson still and we have no chance of signing anyone unless they gave him can you do loan signings? Unless someone's out of contract out of yeah. contract right so that's not going to happen so he, he's basically said I wasn't in agreement but at the moment they believed at that moment they believed that it was best for the clubs but I think he meaning Daniel Levy and a lot of people now realise it was a massive mistake I hope that we fix the problem for next season. Yeah, because I think he was kind of pro having it before the season started. But I think he probably did that with the presumption that Europe would follow suit. That's and even if Europe did, the league start later than ours anyway. I remember the when when we did finish at the end of August, it used to be Russia that finished a couple of weeks later. But yeah. that's only for cast-offs. Yeah, so, I mean, look, there's been some confusion, isn't there? Because people are thinking that Pochettino's kind of contradicted himself. And that not only now he's come out and said, oh, this was a mistake, whereas previously it seemed like he was in favour of it. Although none of us could find any articles to say that, where, where it demonstrated that he was and had said that he wanted the window to close before the end of the... I remember him saying something along the lines. Yeah. Um, my, my thing about this is that Pochettino constantly... He's a politician in, in the pre- press room and he constantly sort of contradicted himself. Yeah. And... I don't, I don't understand the value of why he's saying these things now and talking about it. But by the same token, it doesn't really matter that he has. I think I, 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 perhaps one of the frustrations were, was about, as fans, when he talks, we don't know 100% what he's saying is, is truth. But we don't need to in order for him to do the right job. Mm. That's, that's my position. Yeah, I think it's in credit, so he can get away with saying it. But I think he's also complaining about the window finishing late when Europe is unsettling players. Um, mm. Namely, Christian Eriksen. Mm. So that body probably stemmed from him saying that. John, if he did leave Eriksen, mm. would you have massive issue? I wouldn't have a massive issue, but I was I was thinking kind of when the window shut, I was thinking this is actually a really good window for us and I'm really happy with the business that we've done. If he then goes, my issue is that we've needed an Eriksen-like 
some competition for Ericsson essentially. Yeah. So we signed Lacelso, and I was like, "Great! Now you've got like one of the best second midfielders in Europe, and one of the best prospects in that same position." If Ericsson goes, it's a lot of pressure on Lacelso to be that creative force. And you saw against Villa when Ericsson came on, like, and uh, granted, it is against a newly promoted team at home, yeah. but we've seen him do it like hundreds of times for us. Yeah. So that would be my concern: is it goes from like actually a pretty good window to mm, a bit of a mediocre one because you're in the same scenario, which is you need but two is, of those positions. Is it a med- mediocre one if you get seventy-five million pound for him every year on his contract? I, I mean, think that's good money. <clears throat> I still think it's a mediocre window because you knew that going into the window, mm. but that would also be a good outcome, bearing in mind this, the circumstances. So, yeah, you, if he wants to go, and it does seem like more and more increasingly likely that he, he actually wants to go, yeah. then it is just about let's get as much as we can. If it can be salvaged, then we should do everything we can to keep him. Well, I mean, signing new contracts. And Cole Hilliard on Facebook, he says, and this is for you, T, uh, <laughs> how much of your dick would you sacrifice for Ericsson to sign a new contract? You take away one inch for every year of his contract. <laughs> Bear in mind, you're going to have to disclose your total length currently. I've never measured it. I can only offer him a one-year deal. <laughs> really struggling. Otherwise, you'll have a hole Otherwise, I'm a, your body. a eunuch. <laughs> it's me inverted. Yeah, you have an inverted penis. Like a belly button. <laughs> um, I wouldn't sacrifice any of it. But, um, I feel that... How about obviously, if, obviously, he's important to how we play, but... I think we'll find a way to do it without him. Okay, so if if I had to, yeah, for the sake of the question, yeah, I'd probably sacrifice two. How about two? How, how about if you gain an inch if you were sold? Twelve for each million. What <laughs> for each million? No, no, no. If you're just sold, you <laughs> so get an inch. Cock. <laughs> you get another inch. Would you say that? If we sold him, we get another inch. Yeah. If, if we if the, if they said to if, if like Potch said like I know this is like magic. He come up to you and like like. I can. I'm, I'm actually a magician. I am magic, and I'm going to give you an extra, um, pen, uh, like an extra inch. That's on better than the original question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can give you an extra inch on your penis, but it means we have to sell Ericsson for fifty million. I would drive him. It's on you. <laughs> I'd drive him. I'd definitely do it. One hundred percent. I can. Him. I think eight inches is a great size. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, imagine I went home and I just went to my missus, you're right. I was like, Ericsson's gone today. She's like, oh, you got it. And I went, no, I've doubled the size of my penis. <laughs> Take this back off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like I've got like, Adidas poppers, just rip them straight off. <laughs> just like no pants underneath. What? Two inch cock, those, rocking it. Like, those Adidas tracksuit bottoms. Yeah, are they just for basketball players to get? Yeah, like tracks, track stars. Right, so just runners. quick, quick release. Yeah. Um, Which is what would happen after the... We've got some questions here. Kieran's treats. Kieran's Kieran's tweets. This is the guy we spoke to yeah. at half time. It says, "What player do you think would be god awful, but actually became very good? What player did you think would be god awful, but actually became very good? Uh, Kane's too easy uh, an uh, an, uh, an option. Um, I'll, I'll say Danny Rose. That's that's my one. I thought he was really average, really really average, and became." My favourite player. Strong. Mm, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah. Tissoko and um, Tissoko's an obvious one as well. Carl mm. um, Walker was another one. Yeah. It's great to see him um, leap himself at that ball, but get out jumped by a midget. <laughs> and uh, there was a great tweet that we retweeted. Uh, this guy kind of focused on Carl um, Walker's face. Yeah. And it looked like he was expecting it full, full on in the face. <laughs> and he closed his eyes. <laughs> and Sissoko, uh, Lucas Moura jumps up like a salmon and nods it in. Um, he also, Lucas Moura also uh, took the video of a fan that had recorded the goal. 
and uh, in Portuguese said something along the lines of this is like the moment it was beautiful to capture the moment kind of thing lovely stuff. got a great character in he Lucas Moura like, yeah. apart from all the yeah. bad stuff like generally as a footballer he kind of exudes everything you want from one of your, your players but I think that's, that must be a, a thing that Pochettino looks for because if you actually look at like our sign-ins mm. that we've made like they and the ones that do well particularly they do have that like attitude where they, they seem to kind of care about other stuff other than just like themselves and their performance on the pitch yeah so I think that must be one of the criteria that Poch wants in players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number one, Jib. He's, uh, he's been listening for, since the start. Number yeah, Jib. old school. I remember actually he was walking down Tottenham High Road and he was in uh, a van and uh, shouted out to me. I do remember it vividly. Uh, it was like, I thought it was one of my brothers. That was a kind of, I might be remembering wrong, but he was kind of like this, uh, you know, working class, white Londoner. Okay. The best kind of Londoner. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. I, all I'm saying is I, I recognise he's a geezer he says and his question is do cats resent their size as it's the only thing stopping them from ruling the world <laughs> <laughs> I like these random questions <laughs> that's a great one uh, well, well that, it would explain why they're so fucking miserable they are because cats just they, they look at you like you're an absolute piece of shit so I do think maybe inside they're just going if I was the size of a lion, I would fucking rip your head off. Yeah, and well, lions do kind of fuck things up in the, in the yeah, wild, don't they? It's like so, the king of the jungle, mate. Yeah, I, I've not had a great track record looking after cats. I've not been, I've not, not mistreated them or anything like that. But um, I had this when my mum moved out, and I ended up taking her flat for a bit. She had two cats, and, and my job was to look after those cats. And within six months, both of them had moved out. Ah. Uh, uh, so much so that they, I didn't know where they were. I thought they were dead, and turned out from Facebook group. That they moved in with other people. Right. I didn't think I was that bad. I didn't do anything. I didn't really pay them attention. Just put food down once a day. But they apparently wanted more. Yeah. So if you're listening, fuck you, Smudge, and fuck you, John Wayne. Good names. Yeah. Solid. Uh, final question, Dixon AJ Triple One. Fuck. <laughs> one one one. Uh, which players walk into the dressing room, turns the music off, and just puts their tunes on full blast, looking at others, saying, "Say something." I fucking dare you. Uh, that would be the obvious one, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Moose and Sissoko. What, what do you reckon Dyer's cranking out? Because I think he'd be R&B. into... Nah, I reckon he'd be into something like a little bit avant-garde. Like, he's a bit of like... He might be into like a bit of country or something like that. Maybe like Serge Gainsbourg, some 1960s <laughs> French stuff, something. <laughs> so I was like, I'm yeah. Or some Captain Beefheart, you know? Flying Lotus. Just yeah. goes in there and Just instrumentals. Yeah, just like more instrumentals. That time team, you, you recommended Flying Lotus to me. Yeah. And uh, this is... So he's pedigree in terms of his bloodline, is unreal, right? Is it? No, you told me it's like Nina Simone is his godmother. That makes sense. And mm. his godfather was some of a really good musician. Yeah. You told me this. It must have been ages ago. Oh, funny, anyway, yeah, like, and, and I listened to it and it's like, fucking LT is an intense and eclectic shit. Yeah. Um, Notice is good, though. Do you like it? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I didn't think it was that good. But I appreciate it, but it's not <laughs> good, is it? It'd be funny if you're better than Justin. Though. Imagine everyone just like <laughs> listening to some, I don't know, some Ed Sheeran and some, some, some like Drake or something, or Stormzy, and then yeah. just put on some like electronica. <laughs> yeah, everyone's trying to turn it off. Like, I can't turn it off. For yeah. me, it's like there's like Rubik's cubes. They're like they're clever, aren't they? But mm. they're not good. Everyone fucking hates a Rubik's cube. That's that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's almost like it's like pretentious. You you kind of get to the point where you're like, yeah, you're only saying it because you think it makes you look cool. Yeah, I, I've yeah. got a question for you guys. Go on, mate. I mean, I think all three of us are probably largely good. Most footballers have very bad bad taste in music. Yeah. 
of all the stuff they would be likely to listen to you, would you do you like any of it? Would you like any of it? What do you mean? And I know, for example, you must like at least one Ed Sheeran song, for example. Um, is it a regular one? Is it The Shape of You? I don't like that. Yeah, song. that's the only one I can probably tell. That's probably the only one I know. Yeah, I, I think lesser people who do like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but one of us went to went to a concert. What do you mean, one of us? One of one of the guys in the pod. Who oh, went to an Ed Sheeran gig? Yeah. Who? The bloke who made the website. Case. Yeah. Why, missus? <laughs> so. That's fine. Like, you've got to do do that shit for your missus, but not like. Uh, but he really enjoyed it. He what's the most? What's the he's, he's well into his hip hop though. So yeah, he, kind of, he has credit. He, he loves like he. Yeah, we had a big discussion about Big L the first yeah. time I met him. Yeah. What What is the gig you're most embarrassed to admit you went to? And I'll start. The first gig I ever went to was All Saints at Wembley with my did first ever girlfriend. Of course they did. Oh man, I was a show the place down. Man. Mate, I was fucking kicking off when that got dropped. It was great. But um, um, yeah, but know. what I found out but about now you, John, like, is that you you're you love uh, hip hop, but yeah. you also you like too much stuff. I just, you don't. You're not critical. Nearly critical enough. No, but any genre has got something good in it. I only like yeah. the good things in all genres. Yeah, but the, your, but the, but your your idea of good is really like <laughs> like wide reaching. Right. You're only. He's only saying this because when we were in Amsterdam. We went to this bar and it was just. I mean, it, what the music was fucking awful. Well, but, but, I, 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 thought it, go, I, I thought it was awful. You were like, bang up because I'm bang up. because I'm embracing what is like the environment. exactly. You can't change it, but you can change your approach to it. Just embrace the shitness and have a laugh. No, that's not what happened. No, what so, happened was is you were ratifying <laughs> dog awful song after dog awful song, and at that po- that, mo- that moment, I thought. John understands hip hop much more than I could ever do, and we did a podcast, didn't we? Yeah, really? it was good. Yeah, yeah, really ma- massive reaction, mate. It's Wait, fucking... I-, I was shitting myself when it came out because I was like, I fucking, I didn't feel comfortable doing that at all. Yeah, and and then it turns out that, um, mate, maybe, good. maybe I do know something. About yeah, it turns hip-hop. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. But yeah, generally, you, you, you like too much music, is what I'd say. Well, I don't know if you can like too much music. That's, that sounds a little bit mental. No, it doesn't. But I mean, I just yeah, I like good stuff in all genres, basically. T- I've not been to an embarrassing gig. T- what? I've not been to an embarrassing gig. No, nor have I, because we like decent music. My and first we- gig was a Tugboard Quest. My so. first gig was... <laughs> that's a fucking banging so, first so, so you're saying All Saints is shit and <laughs> Tugboard Quest? Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> mine, mine was Faithless, which is not bad. Oh, right. Yeah, that's good. All right, well... Sorry, John. Right, yeah. well, I've mugged myself off, haven't I? It's yeah. happened. Well, I, I'm not surprised, because I, I know all about your music. Um, right. It does It does say a lot about me that I'm more embarrassed about the All Saints gig than having a one-inch penis. Do you know, uh, my, my mate at school, do? my mate at school, Leon Davis, his uh, auntie was Chazenay Lewis. She is and was fit. Hang on, how old is Leon? Is he your age? Yes, oh. 37. I think I've worked with him. No! <laughs> alright, alright, we'll talk about this other. Um... <laughs> Okay, so uh, so we're we're about to record uh, No Holds Barred. If you guys have got time, yeah. Oh yeah, Uh, No Holds Barred. And if you want more, if you want to listen to more of that sort of chat, uh, it's a little bit more focused. We're going to be talking about porn, I think, again. Great. Um, Then obviously it's behind the paywall, Patreon dot com forward slash Fighting Cock, and release one or two of these a week. So it's all good. Thanks for downloading once again. Spurs next week face Newcastle, and hopefully it's a much more kind of joyous and we can just focus on everything that's great about Tottenham. Mm, Smash them out. Alright, come in Spurs.
white glass. White glass crack pipe. Because they look good, man. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.